Welcome to Coaching and Cocktails, the podcast. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? As we pretend like we haven't been talking for the last hour and a half. Um, Now it's only been about an hour. But well, it's good because I do listen to other podcasts and they also struggle to start. So, I, oh, it's it's not just us because it's like this. There's this awkward, like moment in between when you say let's do this and then you yeah. actually start. It's just socially awkward. Speaking of this, this is Coaching and Cocktails podcast. That's Brandy. I'm Tina. That's right. And because we don't release these on a super regular basis anymore, maybe we should just start saying what the day is. <laughs> In case it doesn't come out for months. <laughs> Just the day of the, today is Wednesday. <laughs> Wednesday, December 8th, I think it is. Mm-hmm. I think. So we're going to do something we haven't done in a really long time and do just a regular old podcast. We've been putting out a lot of the empowerment stories and uh, Fit Fanny series and all of that. So we haven't just sat here and talked people's ear off in a long time. No, we have not. So sorry, or congratulations. <laughs> right, there you go. However you want to, however you want however you would like to learn. Right, you can hear people shutting their podcasts right now. As you said, it goes, bloop, bloop, bloop. I said, this is going to become a parenting podcast because I was just complaining about what it's like to be just about ready to send my kid off into the wild, wild world uh, after graduation and feeling like, there's no way he's ready. <laughs> but I wonder if anybody feels like they nailed it. You know, <clears throat> if anybody who's about to have a kid graduate and go off to college or the military or whatever, it's like, yeah, you know what? hundred percent got it. No problem. I think everybody's got to, and what I think it is, is whatever your own anxiety and baggage is put out there, right? Like, mm-hmm. 100%. <laughs> I mean, here's a great story. So my oldest, who's nine, and her friend walked from my my friend's house to the school for the first time alone to go to Girl Scouts the other night. And it's probably two solid blocks. So when I talked to the mom yesterday, she's like, yeah, she asked me a very funny question as they were leaving. She said, if somebody tries to grab them, can she punch them in the face? And I said, well, did you tell her? Yes. Yes. That is always the option. You may always punch somebody in the face if they put their hands on you, period. But then again, that's my own baggage. I constantly think somebody is going to throw me in the back of a van and kidnap me. So I've made my kids paranoid. Yes. Yeah, so a hundred percent agree that, and I, I, know that I am a hundred percent projecting my own baggage and insecurities on my kid. So the other thing that I decided out of this conversation slash fight slash whatever it was, my own panic attack breakdown that we were having last week is that basically all I'm doing as a parent is setting my kid up to need therapy later in life (laughs) because (laughs) <laughs> but who doesn't who doesn't right, right but i i have decided like that is that's the answer right that that's really all that's really all i'm doing and because i even told him i told him i said son i said what you have to realize is that i only had one kid 
So I got like one shot at this, like putting a good kid out into the world thing. Like, you know, I look at like, I was like, you know, your aunt Chrissy, she's got three kids. If one of them fucks up, she's got two other ones to like pull, you know, pull the slack. Right. I was just like, I've got one. I was like, so if you go out and you're a fuck up, I was like, then that's the only reflection of me. As that's a- <laughs> you're, you're literally on like a pass fail where the rest of us have like a sliding percentage scale. I'm like, well, I got 50% you have, you got right. You shot at getting it right. I've got like, <laughs> I'm just like pass fail. Right. So if you go out there and go completely belly up or ask, you know, ask over tea kettle as you like say with your horse, then I'm fucked like this. Then everybody's going to look at me like I'm the worst mom on the planet because <laughs> I couldn't even get that one kid right. <laughs> oh God. No, you want to talk about need therapy much? Yeah, that's exactly where I am. <laughs> hey, you know what? Like the therapy industry is booming and we should all just continue to support your local therapist. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And yes. So anyway, that's not what we're talking about today. I don't think. Um, I don't know. It kind of ties in, I guess. Well, so. Tell us how. So, <laughs> so we thought today for a variety of reasons, it would be fun to kind of talk about the concept of starting over. Um, because I'll tell you the reason it popped into my mind. I have had in the last week, five or six clients who were off into the world, come back and need to start over. Mm -hmm. And I found myself having a lot of conversations about, we automatically look at starting over as, well, I failed a past fail, right? Like, well, I had done this and then I couldn't do it and I failed and now I'm back here and this is bad. And I just, it made me sort of think about the concept of starting over, not only fitness, right? Because we've all rehabbed injuries and had to start over or all of these things, um, diets reversing, which has been a big part of our conversation lately, people reversing out of shows, which is mm-hmm. another form of starting over yeah, yeah. or we start over in our personal life for a variety of reasons. And I feel like people always kind of look at it as a, a negative thing when it's really not, and it really shouldn't be. And I found myself telling one client, this is actually her third time back. Um, I'm like, you know what? Every time you start over, you're a little bit better. You're a little bit better. Yeah, you're, you're, you're just over from from 100 scratch, right? Like, right. it's just you're just going through the process again, and that's what starting over is. It's just going through the process again. So if your kid goes out into the world and fucks up and has to come home and start over, it's not because he's necessarily a failure. It's because you are. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Fucking point, right? I'm kidding. That is is my my anxiety. Because look, the reality is, I did not have anybody to teach me how to be a good parent. So (laughs) I'm also not like I don't know. So I shouldn't be giving any parenting advice. But (laughs) I can give therapy advice, but I can't give parenting advice. But no, it it's um. But you're right. It's not, I, I think people do look at it as like they have somehow failed, especially if where they're starting over might be mm-hmm. quote unquote worse than where they feel like they started the first time or the second time or whatever other time that they did it. But, you know, it's just like with rehabbing an injury. So, yeah. you know, cause I, I can hundred percent speak to that, but it's exactly the same thing. You have to consider where you're starting over from as, as just a fresh start period. It can't be compared to where you were the last time you did it or where you were, you know, the first time you did it. Um, and definitely 
to also consider that you have to, um, you know, understanding that everything that you did previously is something for you to build on, right? So, so you're, so it's not hundred percent from scratch. So while you do have to consider that you're starting from a different point, right. And not to necessarily compare where you were before, but also realizing that you, you do have these foundational concepts and there are things that you can continuously build on so that every time you fall down or every time you get injured or every time you have to start over or whatever, you're just constantly building and on what you have previously done and previously learned. So it, you know, maybe it comes quicker, right? Maybe it isn't as much of a challenge, um, you know, and that builds resilience too. No, yep. That was the word that was just in my head. I'm like, that is the definition of building resilience. What I fear that a lot of people feel like is they either have gotten themselves into a place or they were in a good place and gone into a bad place. And it's just like, well, then I just failed and I can't. I can't try again. I'll just fail again. Mm. And you know but what? You that, might. The reality is you yeah. might. And is that so bad? Is that so bad? Well, you, you can't ever grow or succeed without failure, period. Like there, there is no literature book or podcast out there that talks about, you know, success and failure. You cannot have one without the other, period. Because you can't be successful without trying. You can't try without right. 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 So that that's that's just the nature of life. So if you never try, you might never fail, but you'll also never be successful. Right. And I mean, then by definition, yeah. Didn't you just fail? Because you just never, you never tried. You so never that, started. yeah, like the only the only wrong answer is not trying. So I thought this would be a good time of year to kind of put out that message because January is coming and people are going to start facing the New Year's resolutions. And then a lot of those shame feelings of I have to start over again are going to pop up. And I just really would challenge everybody to reframe that from being something shameful, something negative, something you don't want to do to really just another evolution to try, another evolution to grow a little bit, another evolution to learn some things. Right. I mean, because that's, that's all it is. Right. Because in you're a hundred percent right. And that this time, you know, so it'll be, uh, we're coming to the end of the year and all the goals, you know, some I set for myself, I didn't actually achieve and I'm a loser and I, you know, what's the point and mm-hmm. you know, feeling bad about all the things you said you were going to do last January, which is why I don't like new year's resolutions to begin with, like you can make a resolution on March 12th if you want to just fucking do it. But mm-hmm. I don't like the whole New Year because everybody feels like they're obligated to start fitness. That's why the gyms are really crowded, right? And the big joke is always like, well, the gyms will be crowded until like February and then everybody falls off. Um, you know, it's it's not about that, right? It's, it's, I mean, this is really, you know, like you said, it's like, it's an evolution and this is something that you should be doing on a regular basis, right? Trying and failing, trying and failing, trying trying, failing, succeeding, you know, whatever it is. And then constantly reevaluating what that, that goal even is, because Mm -hmm. if you're just always falling down, then we've talked about this many times in the podcast, then it's maybe it's the wrong goal. Maybe you just, whatever goals you set for yourself last January, right. Just didn't make sense for you to even do or complete. Doesn't, you know, so maybe you just made 
you you had you shifted your priorities and made decisions to do other things, right? It's not it's not necessarily a bad thing. It just means you shifted priorities and you didn't do the things you said you were gonna do last January. So now reevaluate. Yeah. Or or you set unattainable goals. Right. You set goals that were so unattainable that you set yourself up for failure. You know, I mean we see that. We see people who you know, are, are starting and you say, what's your goal? And then their goal is, you know, well, I'm going to lose a hundred pounds and run a marathon in three hours. Well, okay, that's fine. But what, what's the goal right now? Cause if you measure yourself against a goal, that's so far in the future, you are going to feel like either you're never going to get there or you're going to find a lot of data points where you feel like you're failing. You have to keep the goals like very achievable in a short amount of time. I really think. Um, and, you know, and then look at the macro side of things as well. But again, like you could get stuck in, in one part of it and you might have to start over 20 times. That doesn't mean you're never going to reach your, your macro goal. You might get stuck in a little micro evolution of it, but you really got to keep your, your goals in focus in a realistic way. And again, I think that's a lot of where having a coach helps. <laughs> okay, I was literally just coming out of class. That was the thought. I was like, that's going to be my next thing to say. And then, and then you Sorry. Can the words. Go ahead. No, I mean, but that's really it because <clears throat> you, a coach can help you really frame what's an achievable goal and help kind of take the thought process out of it for you. And you can just work on the day-to-day stay in the now, which is really my message to a lot of a lot of people who are returning, I don't, I don't want to talk about what happened before. I don't want to talk about the big pie in the sky goal. We're going to stay in the now, in the today. I'm the one tracking all the rest of it. I just need you to do you today. And that's it. And it removes some of the atrophy, again, that I think also mentally spins people into this failure place where it's just overwhelmed with what you want to achieve it's just too big of a bite to take at one time. And that's, it made a lot of our job is to remove some of that stress and say, I've got, I've got the big picture. Mm-hmm. I just need you to do these three things. I, and I, you know, I even, even with competition clients, I have to, I have to constantly have that, that same conversation, right? Like the big picture goal is we're going to get you on stage. It might be a year from now, but I've got to keep them, you know, everybody's so concerned with, a year from now, what that's going to look like. And we're still trying to teach them how to track their nutrition properly. Right. You know, it's, it's just, you know, it's just focus on the day to day. And cause really that's where all the, the learning and really cool stuff comes from anyway. Right. It's never the end goal. If you, if you really focus on like what you're doing in the, in the now, like you said, or in the day to day and making every day, kind of a better than the previous day or learning from what you did the previous day, instead of looking eight months in the future or looking back eight months in the past, that's where so many people get themselves hung up. They're so concerned about the end goal that they, they never are able to really, you know, learn what it is that they need to, to learn from, from the process and get really get the most out of it. Um, but like you said, like as, as coaches or, at, you know, hiring a coach, that's the beauty of having a coach walk you through, whether it's general health and fitness, you know, or it's competition or whatever the case may be, you know, having somebody help walk you through that and take the guesswork out of it and allow, you know, I tell my clients all the time, I'm like, let me 
if you trust me, right? If you don't trust me, we got other problems, right? But, you know, I have clients all the time that I'm like, well, here's what I want you to do daily. And then the check-in is like, didn't do not, you know, they did 10 times more or 10 times less or their own thing. And, and it's like, they're like, yeah, but I was wondering because, you know, the scale went up. And so I thought maybe I should, and this, that, and the other thing. And I'm like, I'm like, my, you, you pay me to worry about that. Right. So how about you just execute, right. And you do the best that you can every day to execute the plan we've come up with together. And then I will be concerned with what's happening with your weight, or I will be concerned with what's happening with these other aspects. Like you have to trust me to take on, you know, I'm taking all the guesswork out of it for you. So you don't have to think about it and wonder and, and question and, and all the things, because we know our brains will, will take us to some crazy fucking places. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I have people that pay me a, that are paying me a lot of money, a lot of money to not do a single thing that I say <laughs> that I ask them to do. <laughs> yeah. Because and that's interesting. Mm-hmm. You got to, you got to wonder what the psychology is behind that. And maybe that is a, if I don't do it, then I never fail. Maybe. I I mean, I I don't know. I think, um, I think there's some, I think there's, there's some aspect of really just bucking against somebody telling them what to do. Right. Which leads to the conversation of like, are you really coachable or not? And I think, I've had some experiences in my own life as an athlete being coached by somebody where I was paying them a lot of money and sort of maybe only half doing what they tell me and half doing my own thing. Right. Um, You know, I I've done that in the past and I think, yeah, I think sometimes I'm like, yeah, well, whether or not what they were telling me to do made sense. Um, I think I was sort of bucking against like, well, you're not going to tell me what to do. I know better. Right. Which doesn't make any sense. Cause if I'm fucking hiring a coach, why would I do that? Right. Like, cause I'm, I'm, I'm supposedly hiring somebody that knows more than me. Um, right. I mean, I think, right. I should trust them enough to, to, to follow advice or talk to them about why I feel like this isn't the right thing for me. And then let's come up with the appropriate thing with each other because that's what I have. That's why I tell clients all the time. Look, I've got some clients that just, I mean, you give them, you, you say go and they're like, yep, little soldiers, March, March, mm-hmm. March along. And then I have some on the opposite end of the expect the spectrum. Nope. It's a, it's a spectrum, not an spectrum. <laughs> opposite end of the spectrum that just literally nothing I, I asked them to do. Um, and then I have the ones that we work together to, you right. The ones that will actually pipe up and say, Hey, you know, we've had this conversation. I got a client that like just needs to burn off the crazy and loves cardio. And if, if we're not doing a lot of cardio, she just feels like she's losing her mind. Right. So, um, I'm like, okay, cool. Like we can do more cardio where right? we can find a, you know, an even, you know, a, 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 we can find a middle ground here. Yeah but then you also have to eat more. Right. So, so whatever the case mm-hmm. is, I'm like, okay, that's cool. We can't, but under eat and over cardio, like let, let's find a middle ground. Oh, like you absolutely hate doing the spin bike. Well then don't fucking do the spin bike. Right. <laughs> if I, if I suggested doing the spin bike for one, for a particular reason, right. Like maybe I want you to do sprints on the spin bike. Cause I think it's safer than running sprints on the treadmill because it actually is right. It's for a safety reason, but if you fucking hate the spin bike, that doesn't look like doing any favors. Right. So, so yeah. So it's a, it's, it's finding the right coaching relationship, I think. So I think that that's part of it, but yeah, you, 
I, you'd be surprised the number of athletes. You know what the other really interesting thing is? I do find with ath- athletes is the ones that follow the programming to the T are usually the ones that have to fight the hardest for progress, meaning like they might not be genetically gifted, right? Mm-hmm. So they are literally putting in every ounce of energy to do it right, to make as much progress as they can. And then I'll have some athletes that like genetically gifted, they look great. They're the ones that follow the program the least. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sure. Right. Like I see that in my writing all the time too. Like there's people who just have natural talent and don't have to do all the hard work that I have to do. Right. Right. Because I don't have natural talent. I have to, they have to train the snot out of me to get the same thing of somebody who just can naturally do it. Oh, well, you know, like, oh, well. Right. But it's just, it's just, it's an interesting, interesting observation. And I actually remember having this conversation with, um, with Cliff Wilson Wilson once when we were doing our seminar together and I made a comment to him and I was like, something like, yeah, you, you know, you're, you're lucky quote unquote, I was like, you get to work with a lot of really elite athletes. Like that must make your job so much easier. Right. Because these are people, they're already like these top industry pros. And he was like, <laughs> I think he like laughed and he was like, yeah, definitely not. He was like, he said, they're the worst ones. He said, they don't do yeah. a single thing I tell them to do. Yeah. Like, the ones that have to work, the ones that will work the hardest are usually the ones that, like you said, maybe not genetically gifted or have natural talent. And that's exactly what he said. Yeah. And you, you know, you got to wonder like, is that because you have to develop the resiliency? You know, do you get to a point where you either, if it's not easy for you, you either throw your hands up and you're not willing to put yourself out there and start or try, or you go the full opposite direction where you're like, I'm just going to, I just have to work harder than absolutely everybody else. Mm-hmm. You know, so either you can naturally do it or you completely quit on yourself or you realize you just have to outwork everybody else. I think a lot of misconception people have <clears throat> when they're coming to not only the sport, but just deciding to get fitter is that it's so much easier for other people. And I think by and large, that's not true. There are a few freaks in nature, but by and large, the people who are making it look easy are working their asses off. Right. Or if they, if it looks easy, it could be because they genetically, maybe genetics makes something easier for them, but that doesn't mean it's easy. Do you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I, I a hundred percent agree with what you're saying. I mean, the number of, you know, times people have, you know, I have clients talk about it all the time, right? They're like, oh yeah, well you, you just look like that. So you, you know, you don't have to worry about God, like the, you, you know, you want to talk about rando, um, you know, things that people will say is it, well, how about the dumbest thing I've ever heard? Like, wh- why do you need to go to the gym? You already look great. Wait, what? Oh, I, like, I hear that all the time. We've yeah. had, and, and we've had clients like, I, I know Rolita has heard this more than one. I, I, I know she has like said us cause she's so funny when she'll like tell us stories. Right. But it's, it's that, that same concept. Right. Well, how do you think I got to like look this way? It certainly wasn't luck. Right. And no, it's not Maybelline. I was not born or was was that right? No, I was not born this way. Right. 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 (laughs) Maybelline, maybe she's born that way. No. (laughs) Yeah. No, I I think that that's common. So, and that's when I think that's an important point. If you're, you're considering starting or starting over 
or wherever you are is you have to start where you are. Yeah. Right. Where you are, it doesn't matter what other people are doing. It doesn't matter what you used to do. It doesn't matter what you want to do. It doesn't matter what your sister can do. It's what you, you start where you start. You go into it with an open mind, mm-hmm. kind of same idea. You've got to remove all those preconceived notions of, well, I always fail. Well, I'm only, I can only stick with something for two weeks. Well, I always, I only, you, you have to drop that or, you know, well, I'll only do this. I'll only do that. I don't eat carbs or whatever crazy thing people have. And well, okay. So to your point, right. Not to interrupt you, but I wanted to add to that, you know, when we do consults or, you know, we, when we do, you know, and have initial client conversations, right. You know, you get those red flags in there right away. Well, do I, you know, am I, how, like, how closely do I have to follow this to, to be successful kind of questions, right? right. Like, you know, can I get a cheat meal? Can I still go out with my friends and drink on the weekends? Can I still this, that, and I get that with, with athletes, you get that with lifestyle clients, right? Like this is not something that is limited to, you know, any one type of client in any way. Um, but the minute you start having that conversation or start asking those questions, you've already set yourself up for failure. Like, why would you go into something only wanting to half do it? And well, and it's a crazy question, right? So can I not do the work and still have this success? What? Would you go in and ask your boss that? I'm only do, going to do half of my job, but I assume I'll still get a good evaluation and bonus. No, that's not how it works. If you do a shitty job, you're going to have ramifications. So anyway, I think that we are just freshening this thought up for everybody's mind as they head into the new year and head into all, I think the thoughts of this, my advice would just be, if you feel the need to start or start over, just go do it and stop overthinking it. Yeah. Don't overthink it. And, and we are, you know, currently taking on new clients, but right. Both competition and lifestyle clients. So you know, now, now's the time to don't wait till the new year either. I mean, don't wait till every, we are always inundated in January and February. There is no doubt, but, um, you know, having a coach can really help. Yeah, absolutely. Let us take the guesswork out of it for you. For sure. So on that note, you have any parting thoughts? I don't think so, but I've watched you whip your head around, like looking out your window and is something going on? Jim just showed up at 1.30 in the afternoon and I'm not sure why. So okay, like somebody breaking into our house, is somebody trying to kill her. Somebody's I'm trying to kidnap me. I just see I see you looking out the window because I know where your windows are in your house. I see you yeah. looking at your house. I see you looking out the window. I'm like, well, the kids are supposed to be in school, so I don't know what's happening right now. I'm also <laughs> waiting for the dog to bark. I'm like, can we get through this without the dog barking? Well, I so. have two dogs in my office today. So um yeah. So anyway, so no, I don't think I have anything else to add except you know don't get weird use your head it will all be okay it will hey everybody thanks for listening to coaching and cocktails the podcast be sure to rate review and subscribe on apple podcasts or anywhere you like to stream your favorites bye